And welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Brendan Slaughter, Jared Hallis, joined by one of the better subscribers on beaversedge.com, the one, the only, <laughs> the legend, Hard Rock fan, Steve Tolson, joining us here on the Edge Podcast. We're starting a new feature where we're going to start incorporating uh, some of the damn board subscribers and where to start, then Hard Rock himself. Steve, how are you? Thanks for joining us on the Edge Podcast. I am doing great. It is a pleasure to be one of the first people on here. Thank you very much for the honor. Jared, uh, how you been, man? Uh, we're just uh, getting back into this podcasting swing of things. We'll obviously get into all the breaking news with Oregon State and get Steve's thoughts on it. How have you been, man? Yeah, yeah, doing well. Just glad to see the wheels are still turning and uh, excited to have Steve on here and kind of learn some more about his background and, and uh, you know, kind of see, see where all this, this craziness came from, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and without further ado, uh, Steve, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit to those who don't know you as Hard Rock fan, maybe not a premium subscriber on the damn board and why they should be. Well, uh, one of the reasons why I uh, call myself Hard Rock fan is that I've played and sang in bands almost my whole life. And uh, I play drums and sing and I'm trying to learn guitar right now. And it's very frustrating. I got to tell you guys. But uh, my connection to Oregon State started when I was in elementary school because uh, my sixth grade teacher uh, was a personal friend of a coach we've all heard of, Ralph Miller. And so he would take me to go see the Beavers uh, during the glory of the Ralph Miller days play. And sometimes he would uh, be able to sneak us in early and I could watch practices and stuff like that. So. Throughout my life, I've been a huge Beaver fan, even though I did not attend. Uh, and then I was very lucky enough to marry an Oregon State alum who, about six months after we got married, said, hey, do you ever think about getting football season tickets? And <laughs> that was nine years ago. So uh, it's it's been great. Uh uh, it's been great to, you know, meet all the uh, so many of the guys on the board, you know, uh, that either stop by the tailgate or uh, I, I talk to regularly on text. So just glad to be here. Yeah, just kind of continuing off that point a little bit, Steve, we've obviously been in a, a really awkward time right now, not having any sports in the wake of, you know, coronavirus and everything that's going, gone along with it. How much is kind of your relationships with those people on the damn board and coming back and checking out? you know, articles or having conversations or texting with those people, you know, from edge kind of help keep you sane through this whole thing. Uh, I have to give a big shout out to uh, my buddies, J post 12 and hail the flat tail uh, Jordan and Garrett. Uh, we've all kind of kept each other sane in this time where, you know, there's no baseball for Oregon state. There's no track. There's no NBA. There's nothing. And so it has been a lifesaver to be able to uh, text and to talk with them on a daily basis. Uh, we have had several uh, Zoom calls with the three of us where we have, uh, let's say, imbibed through hard weeks. And uh, I've also had the opportunity to text with uh, a couple other people's on the board. Q Beaver, you know who you are. And, <laughs> and uh, let's not forget uh, the indefatigable beef. Couldn't have Can't summed it up any me. better. Couldn't have summed it up any better myself. Uh, Steve, let's kind of just uh, endure it as well. Let's kind of transition now that we've uh, got to know Steve. And again, very pleased to have him here with us on the Edge podcast. Managing editor Brendan Slaughter, recruiting analyst Jared Hallis, joined by Hard Rock fan, a.k.a. Steve Tolson. 
Uh, let's go ahead and break down the biggest news of yesterday. Oregon State gets a commitment, not just a commitment, a big-time commitment from an in-state uh, school in uh, Demir Collins from Jefferson just outside of Portland. Just, uh, Jared, let's start with you. Uh, how big is this for Oregon State? I mean, it's massive. Obviously, we've talked about it all along on the site. With The biggest, the biggest thing I think we've really kind of narrowed in on is the fact that you know, Collins is one of uh, the best players in the state. And not only that, but he's one of the best players in the country, too. So when you have the opportunity to keep those guys in the backyard, uh, you know, get them in the orange and black, it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity, but it's a, it's a hard thing to do, especially when you have schools from just about every other Power Five conference uh, joining the mix for him. You know, he's got Cal, where his buddy and uh, another really good football player, Nathan Rollins, Kabanji had offers from. You know, they had the opportunity to go play together, but, uh, Colin saw a lot in Oregon State. Obviously, he had a great relationship with Coach Petrie, and uh, there was just a lot there for him. And it was it was a really big deal to to land him over some of those other schools and uh, keep him keep him in the state. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Great stuff. Over over to you, Steve, for the second part of that question. Being a you know the diehard Oregon State fan that you are, how gratifying. I mean, obviously, getting a big time recruit is always great, but I feel like it's a little bit more special when it comes to that kid that is homegrown that knows what the inner workings of Oregon State is, how big the rivalries are, and, you know, have that extra sense of pride putting on those colors. Well, I could not agree with you more on that, Brendan. But one of the things that I was thinking about is that when Jonathan Smith took the reins as our head coach, one of the things that we all wondered is how they would attack their recruiting and if they had you know, that guy, you know, that closer, the guy who, you know, just walking into the building had swag. And it's been very clear since the beginning that uh, running backs coach Michael Petre is the, I mean, without a doubt, the best closer on that staff that I've seen so far. Uh, when he identifies a prospect, he zeroes in on them, uh, shows them the love, shows them the benefit of the school as well as the academics and especially the football. And he gets his man. I mean, we saw that with uh, Jermar Jefferson. We saw that with Teron Madison. We saw that with Isaiah Newell. And now we are seeing it again with Demir Collins. And I think he's got, you know, a, a great future ahead of him, especially if we do get football this year and maybe Jamar bolts for the NFL after his junior year. Then that running back room gets very interesting now, doesn't it? So that's a great point, Steve. And I also, you know, kind of compare uh, Michael Petrie a little bit to Trent Bray and his ability to recruit at the position. I think Trent Bray is like that defensive closer if I'm going to kind of throw uh, that same equivalent on the other side of the ball. But you're absolutely correct in the sense that, you know, Michael Petrie, you talked about the one guy. You know, I've written about it in stories. Jared has as well. He zeroes in on one guy and almost, you know, Jared and I have kind of looked at the other side of the coin. It can be seen as kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. But every time they, he's put those eggs in these baskets recently, it's ended up with the commitment that they've wanted. So, Jared, what do you make about this? The fact that it was pretty much Demir Collins or bust at the running back position for the Beavers this year. And is that kind of a, a playing with fire kind of way of recruiting? It's a it's a risky business, man. He's playing a he's playing a very dangerous game. Taking that, uh, you know, taking that way to to do it. But at the same time, that's just the confidence that that he has. And obviously, like Steve said, 
when you have a guy like him who walks in the building and just demands respect right away, you know, he's got that swag that just kind of makes you want to play for him without even really knowing too much about the guy. It's a, it's not a, I mean, again, it's a, it's a risky strategy, but obviously so far, at least it's, it's been a good strategy for him as he's been able to, to, you know, reel in some really solid running backs in these last couple of classes. And uh, I mean, just it, for this class alone, they did have some other options at running back had, you know, Jonathan Arsenio, who I was really high on. I think he's a really good player. Jordan Hornbeek. Uh, there's some there's some good other guys that, that they've sent some offers to. But obviously the the pinnacle of all of those and the one that they really wanted was Collins. And again, just like they did last year with Isaiah Newell, they did the same thing this year. Really, I mean, they had a couple other offers out, paid them a little bit of attention, but really, really hammered in on Collins and did a great job at that, you know, really making sure that every time of the day, you know, every single day of the week, he was feeling the love and uh, he certainly did. And uh, I think he'll only continue to feel more as he gets on canvas and, you know, starts to make plays and, and be uniform. Going to touch on that a little bit, Steve, you know, from a Beaver fan perspective, you know, obviously when it came down to the conclusion and the way that his, you know, previous high school coach had gotten hired, he wasn't going to go to Oregon, but for a while, you know, Oregon showed a significant amount of interest in this kid. What does that mean for a Beaver fan when they can take a guy that Oregon wanted and have him end up on their squad? I think of a guy like Tegan Quatoriano in recent memory, someone who the Ducks were after that ended up in Oregon State. And I feel like sometimes if you get a guy, at least in the case of Oregon State, that Oregon wants or, you know, really wanted, that's you're 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 recruiting the right guys. Yeah, without a doubt, Brendan, you definitely are. And then to add another guy to that mix that Oregon definitely wanted and thought they had, let's talk about David Morris, right? And look at what he's done for our defensive backfield. And when you can, when you can, you know, have a head-to-head battle with your bitter rival and come away with that, it's an especially satisfying feeling. And it's an even more satisfying feeling when they make big plays in the Civil War. And we've definitely seen that. As we, you know, I think we're going to start taking more and more of the top players in state uh, from Oregon. And I think it, that's a trend that's going to continue, especially as Smith and his vision of what Oregon State looks like uh, takes more and deeper hold within the team and the culture becomes even uh, better. One of the most interesting conversations that I had, and I'm sure both of you guys have seen this uh, since the start of the pandemic about every week we've been getting a new Oregon State coach, a player, you know, Zoom meetings, whatever, just to kind of keep the content flowing and fresh. One of my favorite conversations was when I was talking to special teams coordinator Jake Cookins. And as you know, Steve, and not sure if you do, Jared, a local guy, you know, grew up right here in Oregon. Just, you know, you could not get a more homegrown Oregon kid than Jake Cookins. And when he was talking, you know, about, you know, the the in-state recruiting, he just kind of said, you know, we're going to put a lock around the state. And I can tell he takes a lot of pride in defending what, you know, to him is almost kind of like his state in air quotes, so to speak. Uh, just kind of for both you guys, how important is that when you have an in-state recruiter who was uh, born here, raised here, played football here at high school level, and then played football at the college he's currently at selling that school? Steve, you can go right ahead. I'm interested to see what, what you hear have to say about this. Well, not only is Jake Cook is homegrown, but uh, remember what I previously said about, you know, stepping up during the Civil War. No one more than Jake Cook has been a thorn in the side of our bitter rival. And I think it fuels his fire. And as we have seen in recent years, because 
former blue blood schools like USC are not experiencing their best programs. You know, the SEC has come into our backyard and tried to poach our top talent. And I think as, you know, the programs start to rise, especially Oregon State, I think it's going to become harder and harder to take some of that top talent, especially out of the state. And then if not out of the state, the Pacific Northwest or the Pac-12 North. So I'm really looking forward to seeing our program develop even more. And then when any of our coaches come knocking at that prospects high school, they're immediately enthusiastic because they know that this is not just, you know, oh, they're here because they, they know they have to offer me. They're jazzed because they want to go and play at Oregon State. When you have a guy like that who can really like sell the state, I've seen I've seen firsthand in, in a lot of different programs as well. When there's guys like that who really grew up in the area and really can you know nitpick some of the things that they really love about in this case Corvallis and the surrounding areas, it, it just helps so much because it, I mean they know more about it. They've grown up there themselves, and you know it's just it, it really is beneficial to have a guy like that on your staff who again has that passion and desire and. and spreads that into the kids that, that they're trying to get to come play for the program. A guy like him, like you were saying, Brendan, and you too, Steve, is just a really, really great addition to the staff. And, uh, you know, I, lo- I love that he's able to, to really sell Oregon like that. It helps me too, you know, being remote where I am. <laughs> I like to see his insight sometimes. In case you're just joining us, Brendan Slaughter, Jared Hallis, Steve Tolson here on the Edge podcast. Jared and I here again for another edition, joined by Edge subscriber Steve Tolson, a.k.a. Hard Rock fan. We're it's a new segment we're doing here at Beaver's Edge to keep things fresh. We're going to be uh, having guests on the podcast from the damn board. So, again, if uh, any of you subscribers are listening and want to get in on this podcast action, just tell them how easy it is, Steve. It was super easy. All we did was uh, set up a time, set up our Skype, and now we're talking. And now, <laughs> we're, and, 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 and now we're rolling. I love it. Technology is great when it works i'm sure we've all found that out during this whole time period as well but uh, Amen, just continue continuing on uh, the demir collins uh, content um just kind of uh, going through jared you know, we kind of knew for a while that yeah. demir collins was you know either maybe a soft commit maybe a, a silent commit and all i'll give it to you all- i'll give a lot of credit to you on that as well because there was a lot of times where i was like i don't know man there's so many schools pushing but you you've always had that gut feeling that that he was going to end up uh, a beaver and you know, here we are. Yeah, there was just something about him, you know, from like from when I first started to, you know, really get into his recruitment and really get into what Oregon State was selling. And, um, you know, and for me, the big, you know, shift was when Oregon was pushed out of the picture. Once Oregon was pushed out of the picture to me, it became almost uh, I'm not going to say a foregone conclusion because I don't want to speak for Demir. But in sure. my opinion, it came to much more of a. Uh, uh, a cut and dry, you know, here's my options. And I think here's probably the one that's best for me. And like we were saying, you know, his relationship with coach Petrie, the proximity to his home, I'm sure is important to him too. And then, you know, uh, you know, the connection that coach Petrie has made with uh, uh, Houston Lillard, who again, if the name sounds familiar, Jefferson's head football coach is none other than Damian Lillard's brother, which I thought was uh, pretty cool too, as we saw the, Oregon State and Blazer, uh, you know, uh, memes and gifts start to go across yesterday. So just seeing that kind of real Oregonian connection between Oregon State, between a local, you know, high school program, it just seemed to me, and Steve, you might be able to speak on this more than Jared, just because you've been around the program a little bit longer. It doesn't happen often enough. 
this kind of thing where you see Oregon State land one of the biggest guys in state and then have it be like, you know, put out there and have it be super hyped up and people be really hyped up about a guy coming. Um, you know, I think back to the most recent one that got me really jazzed, as you mentioned, was like David Morris, but it doesn't happen too often. And I think it's something that Jonathan Smith and his staff want to happen a lot more. Yeah, I could not agree with you more, Brendan. But if you think about it, I think this is the second year in a row that we've gone head to head with someone that uh, Oregon has really wanted. And the example I'm thinking of is none other than Luke Musgrave, who had a familial connection to very uh, much so great example and 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 so that's two years in a row now granted uh we we know that there are official ncaa uh reasons why oregon could not jump into that recruiting picture so we'll we'll say that we went into that battle and they had one hand tied behind their back but we all know that luke musgrave was a knockdown drag out no holds barred uh prison rules fight and we came away with that and i think it's because as well as selling what the program is doing and how their culture is changing in Oregon State, I think they're really, you know, uh, talking about the development of of the student life, the development of the academics, and none better than Jonathan Smith to talk to parents about this. He lived it as a student athlete. So when he says, I know what it's like, he does. Talking Oregon State football here on the Edge podcast. Uh, Jared, next thing for you, what's kind of been the vibe around just general Oregon State recruiting in the wake of this? Obviously, we saw Twitter blow up yesterday. We saw, you know, people really flock left and right to see uh, the Demir Collins news, whether, you know, uh, it was our column stories, whatever. The site was popping yesterday. <laughs> Where do you think this can kind of uh, uh, lead Oregon State and continue a positive momentum? I mean, you know, you look at what they've done. They really haven't had any kind of a, a, a stop in the gap, so to speak, since the beginning of COVID-19. It's really still been all engines ahead in terms of being able to, you know, talk to their guys, get their FaceTimes. I mean, not just, you know, Oregon State. I'm going to bridge over to uh, basketball here real quickly just for this example. And it's, you know, Wayne Tinkle and his staff gave Tariq Silver a complete campus visit virtually. So mm-hmm. I would anticipate Oregon State's probably looking into, you know, those situations if they haven't already. What do you think can kind of continue to build this positive momentum uh, moving off of Demir Collins? You know, you had Easton Mascarenas not too long ago, Sam Vidlock right. as well. So how can this positivity continue? Well, it's big, it's big to, to land a guy like this who's from the state because it kind of sets a tone for the, for the next, you know, the next 2022 class, the 2023 class. The top guys from, from those classes are going to say, hey, Demir, Demir went to Oregon State. He was one of the best guys in the state, you know. Maybe this is something that we should do. And I think that it's, it's, it sets a great example. And again, it's not something that hasn't been done in the past, but Demir Collins is a, you know, a top class guy. He's, he's one of the higher ranked guys on, you know, any recruiting site that you look at. And uh, he, he's definitely uh, a tone setter. And by that, I mean, he's, he's the kind of guy who, you know, it doesn't matter what position you play. It makes you want to be a part of something like that, especially as an offensive lineman. And I know that, that offensive line recruiting is a, is a big thing, not only for, you know, the coaches, but for a lot of fans as well. I see a lot of stuff about, about you know, bringing in the, the guys. It all starts in the trenches and stuff like that. So, it, you know, when you have a guy like Collins behind you, it makes you look good because even if you mess up and, you know, don't do your job right 100% of the times, we have guys talented like that who are able to extend plays on their own. It, uh, it, really, it really looks good, and it, it makes other people, like I said, want to be a part of something like that. And I think that's something that we'll definitely be able to see moving forward.
That's a really great point, Jared. And that's actually something tremendous to start looking ahead to the next, you know, classes. I kind of find it funny because, you know, you mentioned that it never happened. Steve mentioned David Morris. Uh, I guess we can all, um, uh, and including Steve, it's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you talk about Oregon State winning that big-time recruiting battle for David Morris back in 17. The previous staff made that happen, which is just kind of, you know, and even more, you know, I think of that a little bit more as we get deeper into the end of the guys from the Gary Anderson era. And again, the, the long and short of it is there, you know, I, I can't say it was all awful because there are guys like Hamilton Shed, guys like David Morris, guys like Isaiah Dunn, uh, guys like Trayvon Bradford, um, just to name a few, Artavis Pierce was another one, um, you know, that were there. But now we're starting to see when you can surround it with multiple forms of talent. It wasn't just one or two guys in a recruiting class. Now it's a deeper recruiting class and we're seeing Jonathan Smith go there. But uh, again, you know, the, the credit has to be given uh, to Oregon State because prior to, you know, David Morris, you know, we mentioned Luke Musgrave as well. That was a terrific example, again, from the familial um, obligations that he had. It's, it's nothing but to just kind of sit back and be like, you know, as I said in my column yesterday, there were a lot of virtual high fives being given around the Valley Football Center yesterday. I can guarantee that. Yeah, certainly. Definitely a lot of those. And I think it's validation for the vision that Smith has for the program. And I also think that it shows us that they know exactly the type of player that they want and they zero in on those players and um, they don't feel bad about not going after, you know, other players that they don't feel fits their profile. And I love that. Uh, It makes Corvallis that much more of a special place. You hear current members of the football team talk about that all the time, whether they have uh, whether they played in the 80s or the 90s or whether they just reported uh, on campus. Corvallis is a special place. And I know that Smith is bringing back that special culture. Uh, Another thing is we can go ahead and train. Whoops. You good, B? Yeah, sorry, a little uh, quick uh, headphone malfunction. But anyway, continuing on, just uh, moving on to uh, our next point, I just kind of wanted to touch on this uh, a little bit with Steve since it technically, as we're recording this podcast on a Thursday to post on uh, Friday, today is when uh, supposedly uh, all the testing has finished to officially start uh, the voluntary workouts. Obviously, the big headline earlier this week was that those volunteer workouts for Oregon State were starting on Monday, and I say starting with – you know, imaginary air quotes, because that's when the process started, but guys didn't get actually in the weight rooms until today after, you know, the COVID test came back, the physicals came back. Um, just from both of you guys, and I'll, I'll go ahead and start with you, Steve, just how big is it and how nice does it feel to know that the guys are back working again and at least steps are being taken to get them on the field? Uh, I think it's absolutely awesome. Uh, it was so cool to see the uh, video with uh, John McCartan and Ham walking into the building again. Uh, they look like they were in great shape. I, I know that they have to be excited because they were so close last year to being bowl eligible. I think it's something that they could all taste and that if they only, you know, could have, you know, a couple plays in each game, you know, the outcome might have been very different. And so it's great to see, you know, all the players back in. It's great to see that Coach McDonald is going to be working his magic again. And I'm just excited uh, to see 
the program keep taking steps forward because that means that hopefully we're going to see football. Jared, for you. We're definitely taking the right steps, man. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit concerning to, you know, see some, some, you know, places have some spikes in cases and, you know, you see the kids that, you know, come back to campus for workouts there. Some, you know, you have some guys, some examples of people testing positive, but that being said, it seems like, you know, they're doing everything they can to make sure this is as safe as possible. And uh, what, what we all want and what everybody wants, not only, you know, of course, safety first and foremost, but we all want sports. And uh, I, honestly, I think we need it as well. <laughs> you know, just seeing all the, the stuff happening around the world right now, it's, uh, it's something that can take our mind off of some of that. And uh, I think we need it. And they're, they're taking the right steps to get us back. So hopefully we'll, uh, we'll continue t- on, this, on this path. Jared, what are you talking about? Sports are back, man. You could be watching the Bundesliga. You could be watching the Korean baseball organization. Listen, I watched soccer just yesterday now. I, it was great. It was great. I Truly, I, w- I would have never known that it was fake. I was at my barbershop sitting there watching soccer on the TV. They had fake fans in the stands. It was amazing. You know, I felt I felt like uh, everything was back to normal for a second. It was great. But, uh, uh, yeah, to, I mean, to that point. We're, we're getting back to, the, to where we need to be, and it's, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty. I just hope everybody stays safe in the process. No, 100%. And, you know, for all of us at Beaver's Edge, uh, we certainly continue, as we do every single podcast, to wish all of our best wishes to anyone that's going through any kind of, uh, you know, financial or medical hardships as a result of, you know, COVID-19. And, you know, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with you. Um, transition to another topic that I just had to touch on because – you know, I feel like, uh, you know, Steve might even be still jumping up and down. Steve, let's talk a little bit, pivot over. How excited are you to see Kevin Abel back in an Oregon State uniform in 2021? <laughs> and let's just talk about how the potential for how good that squad could be led by that guy. I can't even tell you how excited I was when his announcement came across Twitter. I mean, talk about somebody with ice water in the veins to go to the coach and say, give me the ball. I'm headed to the bump in, you know, in, in a, in a make or break game championship, uh, college world series. I'm really excited to see where he is going to be at. And, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of good recruiting come out of Mitch Canyon. And so I'm excited to see where the team is going to be. I know that they're still going to be young, but I think if we can uh, shore up the hitting a little bit, our pitching is certainly going to not, uh, not be that shabby, right? No, absolutely. And again, uh, I actually got a chance uh, late last night to catch up with Abel via Zoom. So check back either this afternoon or tomorrow morning for a story on uh, Kevin's reaction. But just talking to Kevin uh, briefly, um, like the first thing that he said, he goes, when I got dra- when I you know didn't get drafted and they told me my signing bonus as an undrafted guy would be 20 grand. He basically looked and kind of as respectful as he could looked at us all and was like, nah. No, I'm good. I'm coming back. And, you know, to see the humility of a kid who has accomplished just about everything you can at college already. He's already, you know, I mean, to do what he did as a freshman on the biggest stage in college baseball, he's already been at the apex to want to come back and help, you know, bridge the gap of this new era with Mitch Canham and help, you know, the way he was talking yesterday, he's like, I want to end the year winning the game, winning the last game again. And when you hear confidence like that come from the guy who is no doubtably going to be your ace, 
um, that's, you know, 2021 baseball is a long time away, a long time away. But uh, for those diehard Beaver fans that come uh, to the damn board and first prioritize baseball, which I know that they are there, they got to be certainly very excited about uh, just, you know, the huge momentum boost. I mean, simply put, Oregon State's going to have one of the top five pitchers in the entire West Coast, if not the country, back and healthy next year. For sure. And uh, I'm just excited to, to actually be able to go out to the ballpark again and watch them play. I mean, who are we kidding? Uh, I miss baseball so much. No, you're absolutely correct. I mean, we have, I mean, baseball was taken away before um, they really got into it this year. And, you know, um, obviously, Jared, you're not, you know, super close about, uh, you know, with uh, the ins and outs of the baseball team. But by all certainty, you know who Kevin Abel is. You know exactly what he did in 2018. And uh, just from your, you know, uh, layman's understanding, you have to uh, agree that this is a huge coup. Oh, certainly. I, I was looking at the, the board actually uh, yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was announced. And uh, I was just kind of scrolling through and I saw I saw came across this post with like 15 likes on it. And I was like, what could this be about? And I just saw everybody's excitement you know, that he was going to be returning. And, you know, it makes me excited too, you know, just to see everyone so excited about that kind of stuff. And uh, it'll definitely be fun for me to be able to, to watch him play. Steve, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up the end of the Edge podcast on a bit of a lighter note. How have you yourself been keeping yourself uh, occupied when you haven't been working? Are you uh, a TV guy? Do you like to go in your backyard? Are you walking your dogs? What are you doing in your free time these days? Well, um, I've, I've been reading a lot, but I've also done three major projects uh, around the house. So I reworked, uh, I reworked our front yard, and that took a while. And then my wife was so pleased with that that she said, oh, hey, I got two other things that you need to do in the backyard. <laughs> so I've been, I've been doing some landscaping and some work in the backyard as well. Um, and uh, since I've been home with the dog a lot, the dog is getting used to uh, extra walks during the day. But uh, a lot of reading. Uh, I like to read both leadership books and the business categories and things like that. Um, and I also like to read, uh, you know, mysteries and a lot of history. Very cool. So it sounds like you're when you do get back to work, uh, the dog is going to be in need of uh, a couple extra walks. Going to be missing those walks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rex is going to be sad when I get back to work full time. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good that's a good sounding dog name isn't it jared rex i like it i like it a lot but uh, uh again steve last thing uh from us uh, tell everyone why they should subscribe to beaversedge.com if you want the most up-to-date recruiting information <laughs> and if you want to find out what's really going on with all of the athletics at oregon state from football to women's basketball to men's baseball then you should be a subscriber to beaver's edge right now <laughs> that sounds that's a better pitch than i could have given for sure that is a dynamic pitch we might need to put uh, steve ahead of uh, edge marketing no uh, <laughs> I, we uh, we appreciate you taking the time steve and uh, that'll go ahead and wrap up this edition of the edge podcast again brendan slaughter jared howitch steve tolson catching up talking demir collins talking a little kevin abel a little volunteer workout starting again we're finally starting to see some things start to crystallize and come together in terms of getting sports back and we greatly appreciate uh, you jumping on steve and look forward to having a number another member of the damn board on soon and then you yourself we need to definitely have you on again soon we do appreciate it 
Always available, guys. Thanks so much. Go Beavs. Thanks, Steve. For Steve Tolson and Jared Hallis, this is Brendan Slaughter signing off from the Edge Podcast. Have a great weekend, Beaver Nation.